Salwate Discibli, and welcome again to another episode of Latin in Layman's. Today is March 26, 2023. Hope everybody's doing super well. Um, and uh, yeah, you know what? We're just going to dive right on into it for today. We're going to be etymologizing some of the longest words in the English dictionary. So bear with me as um, I'm trying to pronounce these words fairly well. I will also provide the spelling and the meanings behind them and their etymological definitions in the show notes. So if you're curious about incorporating these words into your vocabulary and vernacular, then um, I uh, urge you to do so. And I would never use these words, but um, you know what? It's a fun little meme and I like memes and so do you, I'm sure, because at the end of the day, I like to laugh and everybody loves to laugh and make light of things that maybe aren't, uh, never mind. Anyways, comedy. Great. Regardless, um, before I get started, I would urge y'all to pop on over to Latin and layman's on either Spotify, Apple podcast, audible, Amazon music. I'm also on Google casts as well. I'm trying to figure out more ways. I've been establishing myself on these podcast platforms that, um, my, uh, my Spotify for podcasters, uh, app is like helping disseminate the information. So yeah, you know what, without further ado, let's get into these words and, uh, learn something new. Okay. So I'm going to try my best one with this first word here. So our first word is numino ultra microscopic silico volcano coniosis. <laughs> so, uh, the actual definition refers to, uh, it's, uh, the lungs, uh, it's a disease of the lungs caused by inhaling, inhaling very fine ash and sand dust. Um, so if you can see numino ultra microscopic silico volcano coniosis etymologically derives from the Greek words numina referring to breath, right? Pneumonia also is Onia uh, is kind of like the condition or the um, sometimes the degradation of, and then uh, pneumo meaning breath and lungs, plus ultra microscopics, ultra meaning beyond, and then microscopics referring to microscopy, um, and then volcano coniosis, volcano referring to volcanic ash, I'm assuming, and then osis is the condition of, um, and then that silica is probably also the, the, you know, like silica gel packets. Those are a little, uh, desiccant, um, they're referred to as desiccants that, um, basically they keep your beef jerky, uh, dry in the, the package. So if you didn't know now, you know, bit of a silly word, but it is in reference to a, a condition where you inhale fine ash and dust, and that's really bad for your lungs. Next one that we have here, I'm sure maybe some of you know of this word. It's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Um, this is a made-up word used by Mary Poppins. Shout out to Mary Poppins. Uh, my, my students at my old school would call uh, one of my my bags my uh, the Mary Poppins bag because um, I would snag. Uh, the, the, the cafeteria would always have an excess amount of like bananas and fruits that the kids wouldn't eat and then they put it in the teacher's lounge. But none of the teachers really wanted the, the, the fruit. They all go for the, uh, 
the, the pastries and all the breads to get you fat and sassy. But uh, I wanted to give some love to my uh, good old potassium, maybe some apples, get that, you know, the pectin, uh, what else, you know, I don't know, just better sugars and fibers, right? You know, it's, it's be- better to have the actual fruit rather than just the fruit juice because you're also having the fiber that is mitigating the sugar response that would uh, be lack thereof if you were just consuming sugar. Um, in any case, I would fill up my bags with, uh, you know, fruit. And then I, I had a class where um, they were always so freaking hungry. And I, you know what? I'm never going to hold that on my kids with foods and snacks. Like admin was not super happy with me allowing them to snack. But you know what? I, I had a big, huge conversation with them. And I remember it laid down the precedence of no Takis. It's a Taki-free zone in my classroom. But otherwise, if you could end up having the food go yum, 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 end up in your mouth and then have that subsequently go down your esophagus and into your, your stomach, then you were actually absorbing the calories and the snacks were doing something for you. Now, doesn't really do much when the kids go yum, 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 but for some reason, all of the food ends up outside of their mouth and on the floor where it doesn't really do much chilling on the floor because the floor cannot absorb calories and even if you try and smush them into the ground uh, to try and see if it'll assimilate into the ground so that the ground can get calories, doesn't work like that. Sorry, not sorry. If you don't know how to eat, then I'm going to take away that privilege from you in my class. But what I would do is I would, uh, they, my, and the kids would be like, hey, Mr. Connolly, you have any snacks? And I would reach into my bag and I would toss them a banana or something like that. And then another student would be like, wait, what? I want a snack. And then I'd toss another one and they'd be like, wait, what? And then I just keep on tossing them. And I'm like, I'm like bananas for everybody. You know, I felt like Oprah with cars, except for, uh, I can't really afford to give cars to everybody. Um, but I was like bananas for everybody. So, uh, yeah, my, I had a bag that they called the Mary Poppins bag. So super califragilistic expialidocious has a little bit of a, a little sentimental deal. Anyways, a little bit of a ramble-bamble, but you know what? I'll get in the hood. Much love to my potassium, a.k.a. Kalium, a.k.a. why we have K on the periodic table. All right, I'm going to shut up. So it's, like I said, a made-up word by Mary Poppins, meaning excellent or extraordinary, super, um, excellent or extraordinary, extraordinary, coming from extra, meaning beyond, and ordinary, coming from ordo, ordinis, meaning order. So beyond the order, a.k.a. beyond the ordinary. Etymologically, it's derived from the Latin word super, meaning above. Calyx, meaning cup. Fragilis, meaning brittle. And docios, meaning teaching. So the teaching of brittle cups from above. Don't really know what that means. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious is all made up of Latin, though. If you didn't know, now you know. Mary Poppins even be taught in Latin. And uh, I appreciate you. Alrighty, thank you guys for bearing with me. Next one that we have here is hippopotamonstrosisquiptaliophobia. Well, this is quite a word. Um, in fact, it refers to the fear of long words. Etymologically, it's derived from the Greek root words hippopotamos, horse, and monstrum, which means monster plus squiptalia, 
sesquipedalio, meaning one foot and a half, essentially. Um, so a, a one half, a horse and a monster is the phobia. Fear of long words, not really sure how they got to that one, but hippopotamonstrosis squiptaliophobia. If you didn't know, now you know. Alrighty, the next one we have here is going to be pseudo-pseudo-hypoparathyroidism. What this refers to is a rare genetic disorder in which there is the resistance to parathyroid hormone, para meaning alongside the thyroid, which is a hormone that uh, deals a lot with your metabolic rate and, and your metabolism. A lot of the time, people that are hypothyroidisms, uh, they don't metabolize their, their food well. Um, they also run cold a lot of the time, unnecessarily cold. Um, uh, although they still are eating a sufficient amount of calories because a lot of the time, if you are cold, it's because your body is actually lacking the amount of calories to produce the heat in order to, you know, get a little bit of an ump for the ump. So sometimes if you're feeling a little, you know, low energy, you're feeling a little cold, maybe, maybe you're just low in caloric um, consumption. Uh, backpackers, hikers deal with this a lot. Um, you know, and they're always trying to up their calories, you know, like that's why fat is such a really vital, um, source of caloric, uh, consumption in those, um, in those, uh, you know, things like backpacking and stuff like that, because fat is more dense in caloric nature than proteins and carbs are. In fact, what is it? Nine calories per gram of fat, whereas four four or five for protein and carbs. I forget exactly, but, and then I think it's six for alcohol. I forget. I don't know. Take me back to school. But, um, yeah, etymologically, pseudo-pseudo-hypoparathyroidism. There, there we go, Liam. Pseudo-pseudo-hypoparathyroidism. Etymologically, it's derived from Greek pseudos, meaning false, hypo, under, para alongside thyroid, the thyroid hormone or the thyroid itself sticking out of that throat there. And then ism, uh, the condition of. Alrighty. If you didn't know, now you know. Flossinosin nihilopelification. This is uh, the act of estimating something to be little or of no value. Etymologically, it's derived from the Latin words flocky, meaning a little bit, plus nauki, meaning nothing, plus nihil, also meaning nothing, plus pilis, like the erecta pili, um, that, that's what creates the goosebumps. Pilis means hair, okay? So the hair plus nothing plus nothing plus a little bit equals the act of estimating just a little bit of no value. So got to love that word, flossinizinilifapilification. Gotta love these words, right? Alrighty, the next word that we have here is going to be honorific abilitudinitalibus. This word, honorific abilitudinitalibus, is an old Latin word, actually, which means the state of being able to achieve honor or distinction. 
uh, you can definitely see all of those, especially ending in that ibus, which is referring to the either dative or ablative plural ending in the third declension. Dative would be the indirect object, as but ablative would be the prepositional phrase and or the object of the preposition. So it originally was coined by the Roman po poet Horace in his satires. In fact, it's from Book One, Satire Nine. Um, I have the book. It's it's in the line 800s, I do believe, because I went and searched it up. The word is derived from the Latin honore, meaning honor, ficabilis, meaning making and or giving. It is a, a participial form of to make, um, a present participial form, aka why we get instead of make, it's making and or giving. And intudinus, meaning state, autis, meaning being, and then ibus, the plural of it, making it plural, essentially. So uh, being in a state of making honor or giving honor, essentially, is what honorificabilitudinitatibus. Uh, Shakespeare also used this in one of his plays. I do forget which one, but if you are curious, go ahead and look it on up, and I'll provide the spelling of which in the show notes so you can just do a little copy-paste, Control-C, Control-V, Delio. Alrighty, getting on into our next word here, thyroparathyroidectomized here. Uh, well, another thyroid word, it looks like, or very close to that of which. It's a medical term that means the removal of the thyroid and the parathyroid glands. I wonder why there are these long, roid, uh, long words, um, long words, uh, long words uh, associated with the thyroid. Anyways, let's etymologize this word and then move on. Gosh, all these large words are getting me all uh, tongue-tied, but thyroparathyroidectomized, ectomy. Hmm, that sounds familiar. Para alongside thyroid, thyroid. Um, Ized the, uh, the making of it into a past verb. Um, well, the word is derived from the Greek thyreos, which is a shield shaped. Um, that's actually where we get thyroid because we are uh, the thyroid. When you look at it, uh, an anatomical diagram, it looks kind of like a shield shape, like a diamond. Like think about like the Templars uh, shields or just like a shield in general, how it's kind of like a larger diamond shape. Para meaning beside. Thyreus, again, this can refer to door shaped. It's a little different, right? And instead of thyreos with an O-S ending, thyreus with a U-S ending is door-shaped versus shield-shaped, and then ectomy meaning the cutting out of. So it's the cutting out of the door shape beside the shield-shaped. So look at that. Like I said, the reason why we named the thyroid is because it looks like thyreus, aka shield-shaped and or door-shaped. So what they're taking out is the removal of both what looks like the door-shaped and the shield-shaped, aka the thyroid and the parathyroid glands. If you didn't know, now you know with that one. You guys know me. I love my medical terminology words. Alrighty, the next word that we're going to have here is dichlorodifluoromethane. This is abbreviated as CC. Um, or CCLT or 2F2. Um, I tried to because it is a chemical. Um, so it's carbon, chlorine, 2, fluorine, 2, um, plus methane. 
This is a man-made, colorless, odorless, non-toxic gas used as a refrigerant and aerosol propellant. Dichloral, difluoral methane. Etymologically, it's derived as uh, from the Greek words di, meaning two, chloros, meaning greenish yellow, difluoral, meaning two fluorine atoms, and methane, a type of hydrocarbon. So the hydrocarbon plus two fluorine atoms that are a yellow greenish color, two of them. I don't know kind of a little bit of a stretch but hey you know what now you know that they're the the man-made colorless odorless non-toxic gas that's uh, used as a refrigerant and aerosol propellant is just this fancy dancy word dichloral difluoral methane all righty and the last word that we're going to get into here is actually the longest word in common usage so people using it in their colloquial speech and their vernacular, although I don't really hear a lot of people use it. The word is incomprehensibilities. Incomprehensibilities, the definition is something that cannot be understood and or is beyond understanding. And etymologically, the word incomprehensibilities is derived from the late Latin word incomprehensibilitas, which combines the Latin words incomprehensibilis, not to be grasped, and it's itos, a.k.a. the quality or state. So, a.k.a. it is the quality or, or state of not being able to be grasped. If you didn't know, now you know. Incomprehensibilities is, in fact, pretty much all Latin. So, for those that say Latin's a dead language, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Well... I hope you guys learned something new, and if you did, I would love that support that I had mentioned at the very beginning of the episode, bopping on over to either one of those platforms of which you uh, use for your podcasting, and uh, show me some love. I'd appreciate it. It helps the algorithm in my favor, and um, you guys know me. I love y'all, especially if you got to this point, and if you're actually wrapping up this episode with me. With that being said, I hope you guys have a wonderful day, 26th of March, Tempo Sest, Discovery.